Welcome to the Village Youth Podcast Show. We're starting a new series on uh, this idea of more than a hashtag. And you're going, okay, that's kind of a weird, strange title. So what, what's that whole thing about? What we're going to talk about for the next three weeks is today we're going to talk about how to engage with the culture around us. Next week we're going to talk about social justice. And the week after that is we're going to talk about uh, controversies, how we are to interact with controversial topics like abortion or LGBTQ or racist or whatever. All these different ideas of how we are to interact with these kinds of uh, things. So um, the idea that we have now is when we get involved in something, uh, we just outrage or go nuts on Instagram. We put stories after stories, or if you have, like, from an American context, you're just, like, going crazy on Twitter or whatever. Our outrage and our involvement goes as far as social media, and for us, it has to go a lot deeper than just that. As a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself that, you have no longer just said, okay, my outrage is going to stay online, but other people's problems are actually going to be my problems. And I'm going to get involved in these things in a certain way that makes it important. But today, we got to just set the groundwork of how we are to interact with culture, how we are to interact with the world, uh, school, music, entertainment, media. And this is going to make a lot more sense as we go through. Uh, we're going to go through 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. So if you do not have a Bible, do not worry. We have uh, the verses that are going to be right behind me. And if not, grab your phone, uh, find a version app or whatever. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. And it says... This. This is Paul speaking. He writes this. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. Kind of confusing. We'll get to it. 21. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I became all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them, that I may share with them in its blessing. The idea is regardless of where you're from, your cultural background, your ethnicity, Paul is, he's saying, man, I am for these kinds of people. And I'm going to try to be as much as them as I can so that they would know who Jesus is. But this kind of seems like a really hard thing. How do you do this in modern day school? How do you do this in high school when everyone's kind of everywhere? You got your popular people over here. You have your not so populars. You have your fashionistas. You have your ballers. You have whatever. You have all of these different individuals who take on these different things. How are you supposed to be all things to all people. It's kind of a difficult task. You know when you're kind of stuck in that situation where you don't really know what to do and there's a couple different options, but you don't even know where you really stand with someone? There's a uh, semi-kind of famous pastor or whatever down in Portland, and uh, we've interacted like a number of different times. And one time we were hanging out up here, and we were just chatting, went for lunch, whatever, and didn't think anything of it. We go down to a a conference down at his church, and I go, he's not even going to remember me whatever, it doesn't really matter. He walks up to me at the pew and he's like, hey dude, thanks so much for coming, whatever. And I was like, whoa, like totally taken back. I was like, okay, cool, that was pretty fun. So the next time I go see this guy, we're at his church another time and we walk up, I walk up to him because I'm like, oh, we're like, we're bros, you know what I mean? Like he came up to me and I'm like, I walk up to him and I'm like, dude, he's like, oh, I saw you in the pews or whatever. And you know that conversation that you have with someone 
where someone is like talking to you, but they're looking over your shoulder the whole time to see somebody more important if they have entered into the room. That was what he was doing to me. And I was sitting there like, I felt so small and tiny and like, I'm worthless. Right? Like the SpongeBob voice, like, I'm worthless. Like I felt like every piece of that was like, I'm nothing. Right? So I vowed to myself. I said, I'm never, never speaking to this guy again. Ever. I'm not going to try nothing. So we ended up going back again for another conference at this guy's church. And I've like, I've made a decision. I'm not talking to him. No. No, 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 no. I went last time I got burned. I felt like nothing, right? Nothing. This isn't going to happen. So I'm up at the front. I'm just chatting to a couple different people. And out of nowhere, oh, there he is. And he walks over to me, puts his arm around me, and goes, hey, we just let anybody, anybody into this conference, don't we? And I go, I don't know what that means. Do you hate me? Do you love me? Where do we stand? I still don't know. Are we friends? Am I your enemy? Like, where do we stand? Like, it's confused. What do you do in that situation? I have no idea. There are so many of these kinds of circumstances, whether it's with friends, a situation at school. Do I go to the party? Do I not go to the party? That person gave me something to, like, smoke at. Whatever. There's so many of these different things that are afforded to you with all these crazy choices. And you're asking yourself all the time, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? The question for Paul here is, yes, I want to love people. Yes, I want to win them to Jesus. Yes, I want to be involved in their life. But I do not want to give up the gospel in the process. The gospel being that Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus, the son of God, who's divine and human, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and three days later rose again in victory. That idea, that story, that narrative is moving my life in such a way where I'm not going to give that up. Now, for some of us, we live in this kind of a world of chameleon Christianity. Now, what I mean is a chameleon, right? This beautiful, whatever the heck it is, lizard, is like goes around, and if it's like on a leaf, it's like, I will be leaf. And it like turns into the color of the leaf. Or if it's like on a tree, it's like, I'm going to become color of tree, whatever. It changes its colors depending on its environment. We do the exact same thing. Hey, man, we're with the church friends. Woo, hallelujah, bless the Lord, right? We're with our non-Christian friends, the people who we're at school with, and we're like, dude, F that guy. It's like, what just happened? How did you go from like praising amens and hallelujahs over here, and then you're just saying all this crazy nonsense on this side? Well, it's because you're kind of just changing colors to the environment. And that's the goal. The goal is for us not to be that kind of individual where we're throwing away the gospel story of Jesus absolutely transforming every part of our life, but still being a part of people in the needs in their life and being able to have this kind of, um, this, kind of this, this artwork of being separate from sin, but not ever being separate from sinners. That's the goal. The goal is for us to be separate from sin, but not to be separate from sinners. And what I mean by that is not just the people who you know do dumb stuff, but that you respect. We all have those people, people who are not in the church, but they're pretty cool. Oh, I respect those guys because they're, the, they're awesome athletes. Oh, because they do great academically. They study really hard. They have that awesome job. I like those people, so I'm going to hang around them because I respect them. What about the people you don't respect? What about the people you don't like? What about the smoker kids who hang out at the smoke pit all the time? That you look to yourself and you go, that person has no future. Doesn't that person feel like they should be respected? 
doesn't that person feel like you should have someone close to them? That's going to go along with you in life. They're going to be people, the people who make dumb decisions in life. Do you run away from those people? No, you go closer. What about those who are homeless, people who live on the downtown east side? I think one of the horrible things that we do as human beings is that we look at those people as if they're projects. We look at them as if, oh, we have to build something of them or make something of them. But the gospel's pretty clear. The Bible is very clear that those who are poor, man, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What that means is the people who feel like they are spiritual zeros. There are people on the downtown east side who not only believe that they are spiritual zeros, but they literally have nothing. And what our idea is with those people is they are projects when realistically what the Bible is saying is those people are partners in the gospel. Separate yourself from sin, but don't separate yourself from sinners. And it's not just the people that you like, it's everyone. And so how do you do that? How do you operate in such a way where you say, man, I want to change the culture. I believe in Jesus. I want Jesus to do a major work. I want him to do a million different things and fix people around me and love them and do the task that you have called me to do. How do I become all people to all people? How does that make sense? Um, This one guy old dead writer, uh, this is what he writes, belief in him, being Jesus, and loyalty to his cause involves men in double movement, from world to God and from God to world. The idea is, is we don't just sit here in a service and go, hey, everybody, come to us, come to us, come to us. The movement is double. Not only do we accept, hey, everybody who doesn't know Jesus, we want you to come to the service. We want you to come to youth. We want you to come to church on Sundays. Of course we want that. But also the other aspect is we have to move towards them. And this is the idea. The culture around us has to be shifting. It has to be changing. It has to be moving in a couple different ways. And so what does that look like? The idea here is I want to give you three basic ideas that you run through every decision that you have with the world through. And these questions that you're going to ask yourselves are, is this something that I should reject? Is this something I should receive or is this something I should redeem? Is this something that I should receive? Um, by that, what I mean is um, The Lion King, um, the, the last great album that came out that you're sitting there and you're like, oh my goodness, that just moved me to contemplation and thinking a more beautiful thing about Jesus. It's the amazing TV show. It's, um, it's these things that happen around us and happen to us that we're like, we love that thing. Like technology. I love technology. I lost this iPad, this specific iPad. Listen to crazy, this iPad. I left this thing on an airplane. I left it on an airplane. I left, I came out of this, I was like, no, like whatever, I was so mad. There's no way this thing's ever coming back to me. And by the sweet love of technological advancement, this baby came back, right? Some random email comes through going, hey, sir, you left your thing on this whatever. We tracked it. We got it back. FedEx come. The guy's like, I got the whole thing back. There's amazing things. Wow, an applause. So there are these things. It's, it's the beautiful movie that moves you. It's, it's watching First Man when I was watching that film and just seeing space and going, man, I'm so small in comparison to that. You're just receiving these things and you're seeing the goodness of what it's for. You're just receiving it. That's what it is. That cultural good, that person, that friend, man, they're good for me. That thing is good for me. Let's just take it in. For some of us, we have to reject stuff. And by rejecting stuff, I mean these are the things that cannot be redeemed. There is no Christian version of pornography. You can't have a good porn. It's always going to be bad. 
And by that I mean it's not just like watching the thing and going like, oh, I kind of feel perverted for watching this. That's not what I'm talking about. Sure, maybe that happens, but that's not the biggest deal. The biggest deal is the culture that surrounds that thing. Do you know that a majority of the planet in a number of different ways are putting people into these kinds of videos not on their own free will? And we're supporting it. And we're bringing slavery into this idea of, okay, sexual slavery is being profited by this thing I'm watching and enjoying my time. And so those are the kinds of things that you look at and you go, man, I'm just going to reject that. There's no possibility that I'm going to get in there. It's illicit drug use. It's crime. It's these things that you look at, and especially friends. There are some friends when you go, ah, you know what? I, I feel like I just got to cut this off. I feel like you're, there is no good part here. I've tried many times over, and this isn't really working out. I think we need to end this. There are some things of culture that you need to reject. I found that. I found that really harshly because when I was in high school, I wanted to be the guy who hung out and partied and was like, yeah, like whatever. Like I wanted to be that guy. And as I'm going to these parties or whatever, I, I made like a, I made a bona fide like a pact with myself that I was never going to be <clears throat> I was never going to be the guy that bought alcohol. I was just going to show up at a party and I was like, lather it on me, ladies. Or like, whatever. Like, I'm just, that's how I thought. And, I, and easy enough, I would show up to the thing. People were like, yo, man, let's have a beer. Like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, dude, I love that kind. Like, I don't know. You know, no one knows anything at that age, right? You're like 15. You're like, yo, let's go Mickey, whatever. I'm like, what? Anyway, so. You grab the thing, whatever, and I realized, like, this became, like, a really solid issue. Like, it was every weekend. We were going out. We were going crazy. It was nonsense, the whole thing. And at some point, man, I got so convicted through this. I started going to this church, started hearing the gospel, started being around the community of people. And the outright decision there was for me, it was like, do I just receive alcohol consumption when I'm, like, 15? Okay, that doesn't seem like a good call. Do I redeem this? I'm like, okay, how do you redeem getting hammered every four seconds? This is kind of something that you just have to reject. That's a decision that has to be made at this point. There are other things in life that you don't receive, you don't reject, but you redeem them. Um, the classic idea is some people have this culture with like Halloween. Some people are like, Halloween, woo, right? And they're like, let's dress up as nurses and walk around and get ice cream or something. I don't know. It's like, this is, this is a bad idea, right? I always feel bad for teachers at, anyways, other rants. Okay, so uh, there are some like super uppity Christians who look at Halloween and they're like, Satan, Matt! like they just get super angry. So those people take that decision, right? So some people are like, yeah, let's, let's be the, the sexy nurse. Other people are like, let's uh, pray against that or whatever. They take completely opposite, opposite approaches to this one same idea. But to redeem something is something pretty beautiful. I have a friend, his name is Simon. He's a pastor at a church. And uh, what they decided to do for Halloween was they, they just thought about it. They were like, man, we want to know our neighbors. We want to know the people who are around us. And this one day of the year, they come to my door. This is the easiest day of all time to meet people. So he just got his lawn already, put chairs out, tables, barbecue, and just started making burgers and hot dogs, and people would just hang out. It's like, oh, hi, little wolf. Hey, SpongeBob. Like, they're all hanging out, like, in this dude's lawn. And his idea was not, okay, let's completely receive everything about Halloween and how weird it is or whatever. Let's not reject it and say this is evil and bad, whatever. Let's just redeem this thing. 
Let's just make this into something that's going to be useful for the gospel. For some of us, um, for me, my redemption of the whole crazy party life was I'm going to go to the parties. That was my idea. I'm going to redeem this. I'm going to try to be all people to all people by going to the parties and being mom. That was my idea. I was like, I'm going to show up to this thing and I'm going to be prepped and ready to go. I felt like I was the Mary Poppins of high school parties, okay? I rolled into that thing with a backpack. In the backpack was towel, bread, Band-Aid, socks. That's what I got going on. And I knew that because my one friend, Talon, every single time he went to a party, he lost his socks. And I was going to be a bro, right? So I came prepared. I showed up. I went to these things. And, like, I felt so bad for the people whose houses these things were at. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, oh, 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 you're going to puke. Okay, let's take you outside. Here's the roses, right? And we just put them outside. And I'm like, you lost a sock? Boom, here you go, Hanes. Like, whatever. I'm, like, throwing these things around. I'm fixing people. Like, there's, like, these really crazy moments where I'm like, oh, guys leading a girl into a room. Oh, you're going to regret that decision. Hey, your mom called. Whatever. Like, I'm just walking out. And there's all these different things that happen where I'm sitting there going, like, oh, my goodness. Mom life is hard, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm showing up to these things, and it was really crazy because as soon as I made a decision to this, it sucked. I went from this kid who was partying, drinking, wanting to do the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, my life just kind of flipped. All of a sudden, Jesus, like, really made this adamant. This is not supposed to be my life. And I'm, like, going to these parties and going, like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to, like, you can kind of get away for it. Like, get away with it for a little bit. You know what, man? Not today. Like, uh, my stomach, you know, it's, like, mad. They're, like, oh, bro, I know where you're at. Next time. Next time, man. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. And the next time would happen, they're, like, yo, let's get lit. I'm, like. The stomach thing, it's still here. I have a problem. <laughs> and, then, um, and then the next time would happen, and then I'd make like, another like, fake lie. Oh, I'm allergic to beer. <laughs> They're like, let's do tequila. I was like, what? <laughs> How do you even have that? That's crazy. And it was this like, crazy process. And then I finally outed myself, and I was like, hey, guys, like, I just really don't want to do this. I think I'm kind of done. And man, my friends, they were like, these guys were mean. You know, they're sitting there and they're going like, oh, you're such a, insert expletive of your choice. Dude, remember when you used to be fun? Why are you being so expletive of your choice? And it just happened. I'm like, dude, these are like my closest friends in the world and they're turning on me. And I just kept it up, and I was just like, okay, well, whatever. I'm just going to keep doing this thing, keep doing this thing, whatever, over and over again, trying to just, like, make something of these moments. One of the craziest things happened. We go to a party on basically, like, another school's turf. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So you go, and you're, like, on another school's turf, and all these guys who we used to play basketball with were like, hey, like, let's get lit. And I was like, no, I'm allergic, <laughs> whatever. And I'm like, no, I, I honestly just don't want to. And then now these guys, who are, like, not my friends, I don't really know them that well, start saying the same kind of thing. Dude, why are you being so, I never thought you were such a, and all of a sudden my friends, at the beginning of this whole process, who were making fun of me in the exact same way, came up and ran for my defense. Dude, if he doesn't want to do it, just back off. Leave him alone. Push them all away. Hey, dude, we get it. You're all good. Don't worry about it. Just drive us home. I'm like, okay. And it was crazy. 
It was crazy that the most rapport or the most relationship building I had with, was with drunk people at these parties, having conversations, making sure they got home safe. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm not saying you have to take up your life by going and being mom of the parties. Maybe that's not your thing. And maybe some of you shouldn't. If I'm honest, you shouldn't. If there's a party, maybe you shouldn't even go because you can't handle it. I could handle it. I was just a different case in that circumstance. I could go to those things and not have to drink. But my line was, I'm not consuming alcohol. So ever since I was 16, I just haven't drank alcohol at all. Because I'm like, if I get into that, it just goes so deep. So for me, in my life, in my walk with Jesus, in my decision, alcohol, rejection, going to the social gathering, let's redeem that thing. You see how different that is for me? For some of you, when you become of age and you can have a beer, you're going to go, let's just have that. I can totally manage that. I'm going to be good. That's a receiving thing. For other people, it's going to be, I can't actually handle this without going too far. I need to reject it. For some of you, when you go into that party, you're going to that place, you have to ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself the same questions with your friends. Man, is this a friend that I should really keep? I should receive this person. Is this a friend that I really need to cut ties with? Or is this a friendship that I think that I can redeem? And you have to be able to make these choices with discernment. Because for Paul, him trying to be all things to all people meant he had to be wise in the process. And so you're asking yourself, okay, okay, I, I receive, reject, redeem, I get all of that. And asking myself a question in every single one of these things. And, and how do I interact with this? Should I watch that movie? Okay, well ask yourself, should I receive that thing, reject that thing, or redeem that thing? Ask yourself and be honest. And maybe you're going, okay, what if I think something, but that's not actually true? What if I think I can like, handle the alcohol or I can handle vaping or if I can handle whatever or if I can handle that, that relationship with that girl and I know we're going to go too far, whatever. Like I think I can handle those things and in reality I can't. Wisdom is the way that you have to use this. Now, wisdom can be shown in a couple different ways and be given to you in a couple different ways. The first uh, is reflection. This is the best way for wisdom to grow, is reflection. What the Bible says is the, uh, the fear of God. Fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. So proper reflection is the best way for you to be honest with yourself, to know God and to know yourself and go, I actually can't handle that and be honest. Some of us can't be honest. And if you can't be honest, the next thing is the best step for you, is to look at someone who's close to you in personality, somebody that you admire, someone that you look at, and you imitate that individual. Go, I'm kind of like them. I'm going to kind of follow their lead. Or maybe it's someone who's already gone through those mistakes and go, I'm just going to imitate that individual because they've already gone through it. That's the second way wisdom begins to grow. The first is reflection. The second is imitation. The third is experience. Man, if you are someone who cannot handle going to the party, pretty quickly you're going to find out that you can't handle the party. You're going, no, man, I can totally do it. I can totally do it. And then bad decision, bad decision, bad decision, bad decision. And then you're going to find out in a place going, I can't do this anymore. Wisdom through reflection, wisdom through imitation, wisdom through experience. And this is crazy because Jesus has to be at the center of all of those things. I would have to think. When you reflect, reflect on the character of Jesus. See the way that he interacted with culture in a number of different ways. Jesus drank wine. He drank alcohol with friends. Was he able to handle it? Of course. Was I? No. These are two different descriptions. 
Jesus is known as, uh, for Paul's language, he categorizes Christians into two different groups, weak Christians and strong Christians. A strong Christian is someone who can handle temptation without going overboard. This is the person who can have the girlfriend without trying to get in her pants. This is the person who can drink alcohol without getting hammered. This is the person who can do the things in moderation properly and not go too far. That's a strong Christian. Somebody who can't even get close to a temptation because they know they're going to go overboard is what Paul refers to as a weak Christian. I, in some certain circumstances, am a strong Christian. In other certain circumstances, like um, alcohol, I would be considered a weak Christian. I just cut it off completely because I don't believe I can handle the temptation of having a drink. You see what I'm saying? Different categories, you are going to be in different spaces. And that means that it does a couple different things. My friends who are non-Christians who I want to love on and be with and talk to and engage with, love to go to the bar. And then that's super awkward because I have to show up, I go there, and I'm like, hey, they're all like, can I get the IPA? Can I get the so-and-so? Can I have the wine? Uh, Ginger ale? Like, I'm going to look like such a loser. You know what I mean? But I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to have those conversations even though I know I can't handle that one thing. My story is not your story. Your story is very different. Wisdom for you might be asking people that you trust who are above you, who know the situations, and ask them, hey, how do I handle this thing? For some of you, life is just going to hit hard, and you're going to figure it out pretty quickly. For others of you, you're going to kind of avoid the whole process of all of that just because you were smart and honest with yourself whether you could do it or not. Some of you shouldn't date in high school. Some of you shouldn't go to the parties. Some of you shouldn't have the friends that you have. Some of you should go to the parties. Some of you should have those friends. And some of you can have relationships. It depends on who you are and being honest with yourself. Because for Paul, that was his whole game plan. Man, I know those people and I know me. And the reason why I know me is because I know him. And if I know him, I'm properly going to see myself for who I am. And the fear of God brings wisdom into my life. And that wisdom allows me to engage. And it allows me to do the job that I'm called to do, which is what? Being separate from sin, but never being separate from sinners. I can engage with people in an actually responsible way because I get what's going on. So for me, no alcohol. I'm going to the party. Let's have a banger. And, like, let's just, I'm going to be mom, and I'll drive you home and, like, make sure you don't puke on yourself or, like, whatever. That was my whole gig. So ask yourself these questions. Should I receive it? Should I redeem it? Should I reject that thing? And then if I'm not sure, man, I, I should just really sit in contemplation. Pray. Pray, reflect, pray, ask, ask the one who knows all of these things. Ask Jesus himself, the creator of all things, the one whom everything was created. This is crazy. For some of us, for, I don't know why we think this, but if I go, okay, if somebody made something, if somebody invented something, don't you think they would be the expert of knowing how to handle the thing they created? Right? I think some of us think of Jesus as this like really cool hippie surfer dude who's like love and peace y'all with like a joint in his mouth hanging out. I think that's how we think about Jesus. And I go, you have a very drastically weird, like he doesn't look like a Scandinavian ski instructor with like blonde hair and this like pale face and just like chiseled jaw. No, like I went to a shawarma place today. He looks probably closer to that guy than he does the Scandinavian ski instructor, right? So 
The idea of Jesus that we have him as super misrepresented is also the idea that the one who created all things probably knows how those things work. So how do you handle that relationship? Maybe ask him. How do you handle your problem with one area? Maybe ask him. How do you handle that relationship that you have that you really want to work at? Maybe ask him. The idea here is that we think of Jesus not as, as, as we think of him almost as this super powerful, we think of him like King Kong. We think of him as this like giant, has all the power in the world, can do whatever he wants, but is super dumb. And that's not the image. Absolute knowledge, absolute wisdom, absolute creation, absolute power and absolute rule. That's the God that you follow. So why not ask for his advice? And not only that, he's put people around you who know him, who know you, to ask and be with. So how do you do the art of separating yourself from sin and never separating from the sinner? Ask yourself really hard questions. Do you reject that thing? Do you receive that thing? Do you redeem that thing? And if you don't know, think about it. Pray. Imitate someone who you know and love above you. And last, if none of those things work, man, he's going to make it known. Poor decisions make a lot of life change. Good decisions make a lot of life change. Life and experiences are going to move you from one step to the other regardless of what you feel about it. That's just going to happen. So how do you engage with culture? How do you actually get yourself involved? Not just screaming on Instagram or not screaming on your social medias going, this is an outrage. Or not just talking smack about someone, but actually make other people's problems your problems. Because this is the main core tenet of what it is to be a Christian. Love. Love. And love is a choice that you make on behalf of the wellness of another human being, regardless of their response. So you make yourself in, you, you take on that problem. You go into that situation regardless of whether you're invited or not. You make their problem your problem because you love them. My in-laws had two friends that they had known for forever. And one of the, the wife started cheating on the husband. And my in-laws were like, oh no. They drove to the house, sat them both down and was like, we're handling this right now. That's what it looks like. It looks like the, the sketchy kid at school who nobody wants to talk to. What does it look like to be close to that person and actually have a conversation? To look at them and go, you actually have a future. You have a purpose. Somebody can be done with you and not just completely write you off because, well, you don't look very good right now. No. To love people, to be involved, not just outraged over your phone. To be a part of a movement of love, not just talk about it. Love is not saying things. Love is not this emotional, oh my gosh, look at my heart. Oh, look at her. She has such nice hair. Like whatever. That's not love. Love is action towards somebody else for their self-purpose of being in greater well-being regardless of their response. Love is action. Love is something you do. Love is something you have to be known for. And if you are not known for that thing, then you cannot call yourself a Christian. Isn't that crazy? That's Jesus' command. Hey, you know the world around you? Those people you're trying to engage with this whole dumb little pyramid thing that you got going on? Reject, redeem, receive. You know how those guys are going to know you? One word, love. That one word. You know how crazy that would be? If people around who go to Tweedsmere or North Surrey or Semiamu or Elgin or Sullivan Heights 
would go, hey, you know those church people? Man, those people love. Man, they know how to love people well. Would you say that's probably the current situation? No. Because I think we're, we're spending too much time sitting back, outraged on our phones and not getting involved with people in their life. To love, to care, to be a part, to do something, to be involved the way that you are called to be. To live your life more than just a hashtag. But to be a follower of Jesus, to love, to care, to be honest, to ask questions and really make it worth it. Let me just pray for us as we go uh, forward with the rest of our night. You guys are going to go off into small groups, um, talk about some of this stuff and have some discussions. Uh, let me pray. And then uh, the screen will go up behind me with a bunch of different names. If you are confused at what, where you're supposed to go, this is your first time, just come find me at the front here and I'll definitely lead you to where you're supposed to go. So Father, we thank you so much for tonight. I just pray that uh, as we begin to see who you are, and uh, what you were calling us to do, to have the love that we we're called to have, and just to think through how to make decisions with friends and schools and circumstances and how to engage people around us, or whether I should watch that movie or listen to that album, whatever, that these things would just kind of come to mind, that wisdom would begin to grow with us, with you completely at the center of it. And I uh, just pray that we would learn and grow and we would see this as a time for us to be able to actually do something and be involved in people's lives and not just talk about it. So Father, I pray that you would do something awesome through these small groups, you would just lead us uh, very um, well, and that we would be able to just have just amazing discussions through this uh, next little bit here. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. Just want to pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Village Youth Podcast Show. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe.